And welcome, Rooster Boosters. It's Rooster Booster time. I'm the big guy, Scott Ferrara. That's Mikey Grand Puma Parazidi. And if you don't recognize the man on the bottom of our screen, you either haven't been a fan of rugby in a while, or you haven't been a fan of the MLR, or you haven't been a fan of New York because it was one of the biggest signings that New York had this season. Sam Windsor, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, man, this is a great opportunity. We love talking to guys who have been in this league for a while. You know, you've been in this league since day one. And so so speaking of that, we're going right to Doug Coyle's article he wrote about you. Uh, right. You know, let's go back to 2019, right? Uh, played in all 16 matches, 1,261 minutes, six tries, three line breaks, four uh, tackle breaks, eight offloads. You kicked 83 times for 2,500 meters. You made 133 tackles. 2020, in only five matches, you started all of them. Uh, all you became the all-time leading point scorer at 320 uh, in the 2020 season, and then in 2021 again you killed it. You started all 16 matches. You scored 112 points, one try, 16 conversions, 25 penalty goals for another 1300 minute season. Holy shit! Like the, I, I mean, I'm not yeah, like durable you, my age, but apparently, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's my wife's cooking. I, it's <laughs> something because I got to be honest, saying it out loud. My knees hurt now. Like, <laughs> I have not played rugby in a while. Just thinking about about thirteen hundred minutes a season. I mean, I mean, even in in, in the, the the truncated season, having that type of you know, it's it's just amazing to me that you guys can stay fit, you guys can stay healthy. You know, the recoveries. You know, recovery has now become you know a very big thing yeah. um, here, and it shows that you can have longevity in this sport at a at a high level. You know? Yeah, and it's. You know, growing up Australia, I played in Australia, I played in Europe for, for a number of years and, and the seasons back home and in Europe are anywhere from 24 to 30 games long. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, that probably set me up and set my body up for, you know, being a little more durable, I guess, over, over a longer period of time. And those seasons are 10 to 11 months long as well. So your body's got to put up with it and you get the, you know, the odd week off here and there. So I, I would definitely agree or definitely say that, you know, the 16 game, 18 week season here is, is definitely condensed and a little you know, higher impact and less time to recover. Um, but, you know, you're never playing fully fit. You're never, you're never hundred percent ready to go. There's always something there that, you know, you just play through, you know, it's, mm-hmm. I love playing footy and, you know, it might be a, you know, a swipe ting here or a little bang there, but it's as soon as you step onto the field, those, those pains go away and the adrenaline kicks in and you go out and have fun. So here's Dougie Coyle coming in fresh talking about uh, playing. Doug probably guys. knows more about my history than I do. I think. <laughs> you you are the fifth thing. guy to say that, by the way. If, if Doug <laughs> hasn't done a deep dive into you, you ain't shit in rugby. Uh, but he has. how do you feel uh, that now that you're playing in New York, you don't need to play 80 minutes because you got a couple guys behind you that can take up the slack? Yeah, it's uh, it was one of the, the talking points with uh, Rick and Marty when you know the discussion started about coming up here and um, you know the, the owners and, and, and Rick – and, and the coaches here really did their homework on, on putting the squad together. And, you know, it wasn't just names that they picked out that looked good on paper. They, they really did their homework and spoke to people. And, and for me, it was, you know, I'll, I'll happily play 80 minutes every week. I love playing it. And, you know, if I'm feeling good, I'll do it. But at the same time, if I want to be my best for the whole season, you know, I don't need to be playing 80 minutes. I'm 35 this year. So not one of the younger players coming along. So, the opportunity to pick and not pick and choose, but, you know, monitor my load and get the best out of me at the important parts of the season is not only going to help me physically, but also help the team, you know, put the best version of me out as and when they need it. 
And and to be honest, I think the last two games you've kind of seen it with Andy, where they started Connor Buckley. Unfortunately, yep. I think like seventeen minutes into the first match, Connor broke his nose yeah. and for an HIA, so Andy had to come right in. But you know, it is it, it is a point of of to, to talk about going into the later matches. I mean, me and Mike, especially last year when it was pushed back a month, yep. you know, going down and and playing in in St. John's. It, I mean, I was sweat. I mean, I don't get me wrong, I sweat right now. <laughs> in 10 degree weather, but I mean, it guys were dying on the field. So I could see how not putting pressure on yourself to say, Hey, you know, I can, I could do 60 minutes, put in what I need to do, have a guy come in and, and give the same amount of, of effort and, and rating. And that'll get me through to the end of the season. I think it just makes sense. And I think that's how you have to build a squad. Yeah. And, and also, you know, on the flip side of that is watching the game from, you know, the reserves benches is, is so beneficial for a player who has a bit of experience, right? You can see defensive trends. You can see where the space is. So, you know, if I'm playing off the bench one week or whatnot, then, you know, I can mm-hmm. inject that, that I guess, the knowledge and that different pace of play like Andy's been doing the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, um, you know, we've got a great squad. We, You know, not, none of the teams have huge depth. You know, numbers are all pretty much the same across the league. And it's it's the quality of depth that, that we have, I think, that, that's going to help us, you know, get through the first block of games. Uh, up until our second bye week, like we got nine straight, so mm-hmm. opening week bye week, you know, not great, but gave us another week to prepare. So now it's all right. How do we get to this next bye week? Keeping everyone fit, rotating team, rotating players, and and just making sure we're putting in good performances to set us up for hopefully, you know, some success down the back end of the season. You know, it's funny you're talking about being on the bench. There was a shot of you on on the rugby network. I think after Jason scored his try, I think mm-hmm. you were out and. Yeah. You jumped up like you had just scored the triers. I mean, the excitement on that, um, I believe also when Andrew Coe intercepted the try and had his first try. Yeah. I think Zach was down at that end, you know, just kind of keeping himself warm. Yeah. And the first guy in was was Zach off off the, the end of the try line to, to give yeah. him a hug. He was I, I like to see veterans excited when the young guys are making plays. It just it it shows that everybody's bought in, that the culture's right, that the guys are are there to do what they need to do. It's just you just happened to bring that up, and it was it's something awesome. I mentioned Chase, to my wife. Yeah, Chase, I posted something I think Thursday or Friday about you know about the game. Might have been a team list or something, and he, he sent me a message saying, "Let's go, bro! Like, let's get me a try." You know, it's been a while since he scored. Apparently, he hasn't scored in two years, so that yeah. was his first try in two years. So uh, <laughs> that's what I was ecstatic for him. I couldn't, I, you know, I couldn't be happier for him. And and that's the kind of group that we have. Like the success from one guy to the next, it just. It all reverberates back to the team and the culture we're creating, and it's uh, it's awesome. I'm really enjoying it. So I got a I got a question. So you know, you you played in Houston, so you're used to Aviva Stadium. Yep. But you go to Aviva Stadium week two. We know the winds whipping. I mean, we've experienced it when we were at Cochran. We experienced it when we were in M- MCU Park. Yeah. Um. Now you go and you go to ATL in their new stadium, and the wind is kind of negligible. When you went to when you went to play in Houston in, in week two, was it in the back of your mind like shit? I'm going back into this wind again, and, and I might not get the opportunities. Uh, no, not really. I mean, Houston, the, the Aviva Stadium, in my mind, is the one of the best fields I've played on across my career. It's you know they've done such a good job at setting up the rugby purpose. You know, it's it's great for the fans, it's great for the players. Teams look forward to going to play there because just the quality of the surface and the atmosphere that that the organisation created on game night, and we trained there. Friday, we, we got there Friday, did our captain's run, and it was, I don't know, it's probably 60, mid-60s, so it was beautiful, a little bit of a breeze blowing, so you know, I feel like I've harnessed the wind there quite well, but Saturday night, I, I played in wet games there, cold games there, windy games there, but it was wind, windy and colder than any game I played there. Um, 
so it, it was it was super interesting it was it was tough to kind of get a hold on and you know we've got enough players across the field with enough experience and, and enough patience and, and and leadership to kind of go okay well you know yes it's windy but you know we've got the tools in the in the belt to, to deal with this and if we need to hold on to the ball and play out of our own five meter line then so be it because I, I kicked one drop out from the goal line which i hit quite sweetly i was pretty happy with it and it barely made it to the 22 <laughs> like it was i was like damn this is going to be tough 40 minutes so you know credit to houston for, for putting the hammer on us for that first 40 because it was a you know it could be a 20 point 30 point win that was that fast like it was yeah. And it was blowing the opposite direction Friday. Direction, yeah. It was blowing south on the Friday, and then it was blowing north. That's interesting. Uh, on the Saturday, so you don't know what you're going to get to go to Aviva. I've asked the owners multiple times to, you know, plant some forty foot, fifty foot pines. <laughs> well, Boston, that that leads to my next question. Uh, so, for those viewers, uh, we actually have Jason Emery going coming on Thursday to my other show, The Rugby Rant, and mm -hmm. I talked to him about um, the automatic seven. Yeah. So are you are you giving him the business about getting that automatic seven? Because I mean, he could just do it on the other side of that of, of the post and give you the two points. I'm just saying. So teams, when they brought that in last year, teams started to do that because they thought you know that gives us the extra the extra time to to kind of regather and regroup at halfway and catch our breath or whatnot. But now the referees almost implement that that minute kick yeah. clock, even though there's no kick needed to be taken. So. And if I wanted to be selfish and make it about my points tally, then yeah, you know, maybe there'd be a coffee here or a coffee there for boys to score. And <laughs> you're gonna, I'm telling you, you're gonna see a difference in the next couple of weeks. All of a sudden, guys are gonna be free and clear, and just oh, oh I'm gonna put it right. Oh, I forgot about the seven points. And yeah, if anything, it'll do it to be Nola because of the Carlos Spencer influence. That that footage of him when he ran in and ran across the hole in goal and then scored in the corner and then <laughs> kicked an unbelievable yeah. converted. Um, <laughs> Mate, I'll take all tries under the sticks. I don't care if I, I if I don't have to kick them. Great. If we get seven points and we can just build tallies, then let's go. We have another question. Uh, I've been I've been taking. Mike hasn't said a word yet, but we're getting no. some fan questions. So, have any of the Samoans on New York taught you any Samoan words? Uh yes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not not taught like, words that you could words that you could, you could repeat. This <laughs> is uh this has been a big part of our our culture and. And, and the team that we're building is kind of that inner sanctum of what we have going on here. So I'm not going to go into it at all because it's something that's, you know, super special to us and super intimate. And, and it's just helping build this monster that, that is growing here in, in Jersey and New York. So, um, you know, you'll see clippets and little snippets of it on social medias. We've got Stanton who's doing a great job of, of getting some of that media out there and, and giving people a look into the, to the world of, of rugby New York. So, um, you know, having Pungo come back, you know, playing with Pungo in year one at Houston, he's an absolute character. And, you know, we all saw what he did last year with LA and the, the amount of enjoyment he brought to not only his teammates, but fans and, and everyone around him. You know, he's just added another another dimension to that as well. And Ed Fadow, you know, says he hates talking, but, you know, he's always the one that singing <laughs> or dancing or doing something. So, uh, mate, it's awesome. It's so good. Good. I'm glad. You know, again, uh, I think having Zach there being a guy who's been there and done that, you know, being capped uh, for Samoa and mm -hmm. and I, th I thought it was funny in Houston, uh, whoever was the official was talking to him about scrumming, and uh, Andy goes, you know he like captain Samoa right like he's a captain international and you're, you're telling him about how he's scrumming not straight I thought that was hysterical um, because you know I think sometimes we forget like these guys have played and been there and done that you know. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Anyway, Mike, you want to start with the questions? Because so, I, I, yeah, yeah, I'll ask. I'll, I'll ask a question finally. I was going to say, so you know, for the past few years, you know, Sam Windsor, your name has been synonymous with Houston. 
Um, how did it feel, you know, going back and getting that win against, you know, your former team? Clearly, you're still friends with the guys and stuff like that. But how does it feel to go back and get that win? Yeah, I mean, it was it was satisfying. You know, it would have, you know, um, Houston will always be a big part of me. And it was what kind of started, you know, I wasn't the start of my journey here in America, but it was probably where I invested all my energy, all my emotion, all my effort for almost five years. So um, it, it wasn't ever a a topic of discussion in the week leading up to it. It was never about that. You know, I was, people reached out to me saying, can't wait to catch up, can't wait to see at the game and stuff. So the job we had was to go there and weather the storm that we knew that we were going to bring and get and get the win first and foremost. And then, you know, fortunately we did get the win. And then after it was great to catch up with the, the few people that hung around and braved the, the cold to, to say hi and, and catch up. So, um, yeah, satisfying is probably the best word to, 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 uh, to describe my emotions after that and maybe a little bit of a relief as well. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that's a lot of the guys going into ATL this past week had the same thing yep. with guys like Evan Minturn and Will Leonard and yeah. Jonas and Will and yeah. Ross, you know, and, and the former New York guys. And I think it's always guys, most guys who leave New York, it's not a revenge game when they play New York. Yep. For you, it wasn't a revenge game. It was more of a homecoming to, yeah. to a team that like Will really Will was a man possessed yeah. at the weekend from minute one to minute eighty. Like I, I don't know if there's any footage of it after the game, but he was was he he was yeah like upset right? Uh, I, I'm probably upset, but he was like he was spent. Like he gave it yeah. everything, and he played well. Like he was he's a handful of tackle. He runs harder than than most centers in the league. So yeah. um, he definitely had a point to prove, and I think it was proven. You know, the boys are all Absolutely. really impressed with, with the way. He Although came. I already are. I already was busting his chops on social media because I'm pretty sure before he scored his try, they threw that ball forward. But yeah. didn't, it's considering they called it a try and TMO didn't check it. It was a try, Will. It was a try. Once. We don't want it. We don't want TMOs checking everything. It's going to be, you know, people have asked for TMOs. Now they get it. And now they're like, no, nah, it's too much TMO. Like, well, what's going on? So, um, no, it's good to have that in, in the league. And, you know, I think it's for the more serious actions and, and some of the other stuff that they can pick up on, which is going to really benefit and amplify the league and give it that, that little bit more respect across the world in terms of the professionalism. So now now we're getting down to some nitty-gritty questions. Very excited about this. Let's go. So, okay. So who has better hair, Charlie Hewitt or John Gresicek? Oh, Charlie be watching this because he's quite vain and he'll probably want me to say something nice about him because he's trying to raise his stocks, I'm sure. So Johnny G, Johnny G has flowing locks. Like I'm, I'm washes twice a day and keeps quite manicured. <laughs> so he had to go uh season game in Austin. Um, I think he was asking a few other boys with long hair, you know, what's the best way to tie, tie the top knot to keep it out of his face? So um, Charlie's mullet is, is – uh, is getting there. I don't know how much longer he's going to keep it around. He wanted to keep it around for his parents who were in town last week for uh, for the game. So now that they've gone, who knows what he's going to come up with. But it's part of his character now, so I don't think he can cut it. I think he'll have to <laughs> keep it maintained. And it's it's, an, it's a respectable mother. It's not too outlandish at the moment. So um, just to save myself any grief later in the week, I'll go with Charlie. <laughs> I like I like Charlie's going to annoy the shit out of him, so I'm going to pick him. Because if, if I don't, I'll hear about it all week. That's great. That's a great answer. Respectable, respectable answer. Political. So now, <laughs> another tough question. Now, uh, it's a two-parter: uh, yeah. high socks or low socks, and then plain cleats or flashy cleats. Uh, I'm a I'm a high socks kind of guy. I'm uh, that'll, that'll get down. Yeah. Growing up, Chris Latham was sort of 
he was a fullback for the Wallabies and he was probably one of the first to never wear his socks up. And as a kid, you're like, oh, what's he doing? Like, no way, he's got his socks down. That's so disrespectful. So um, maybe if I had maybe slightly bigger carbs, I might go the socks down a little bit further. But uh, <laughs> you know, traditional, traditional high socks. Um, and then boots, it, I mean, it depends on on what uh, what versions they're, they're bringing out at the moment. You know, it's I'll happily wear a black boot. I'll happily wear a white boot. Um it's really what I'm not too superstitious about colors of my boots. It's what feels comfortable. And if I kick well in a pair of boots, then I'll stick with them and they can be black, blue, purple, whatever. doesn't matter. Funny. I'm superstitious about everything. I mean, everything you have no idea. We in freshman year of, of football, American football, didn't wash my practice pads the entire season. We went eight Oh and one. My mom, my mom, my mother watched the pads before the last game and we tied the team, the last team. So I was really pissed. No yeah, because like Leonard Fournette still wears his, his LSU undershirt <laughs> under all his yep. pads. And stuff, so yep. I'm all I haven't quite got one. So I guess if I did have something, might happen in the next couple of games where I'm like, you know what, yeah. I'm going to wear my underwear back to front or something. But I'll, I'll wear, <laughs> I'll, always wear, I'll always wear noodle bags or budgie smugglers yeah. under my shorts. Maybe that's a maybe that's a little maybe something, but I don't know. Well, now we're going to have to ask after every win which way your underwear was facing. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'll always be forward. I can't imagine it'd be too comfortable if they're the other way around. So, <laughs> so uh, we have another question from a fan, real quick. So, do you feel which he, he's asking Richard Kane, um, which one of your old teammates hit you the hardest versus the SaberCats two weeks ago? Did, I mean, did yeah. anybody get any real big hits on you? Yeah, Nico Silvera got a good one on me actually. Yeah. He's uh, he missed me a couple of times and he kind of gave me a little smirk and a little nudge on the ground. But um, yeah, he got me once from the side. I think I got I got an offload and just got munched from the side, and he landed on top of me, and it was like, oh, there we go, that's it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there, was, there weren't too many boys on the field when when we played there that I played with last year, but yeah. Nico's Nico's a pretty physical and and uh, explosive kind of player. So I was expecting a bit of a bit of extras or a bit of treatment from not just the guys I played with, but also. Yeah. Also, the South African guys as well. So, <laughs> it's always hard. fun. Yeah. I love those. I love that. I well, actually, no. I mean, Nico hit me hard, but then Harry hit me off the ball, which apparently should have been a yellow card too. After I spoke to the referee after the game, and and we'd been on a podcast earlier in the week, so <laughs> maybe I said I was hit him and he wanted I, to get one on me. But no, nah, I w- watching the game. I thought it was a yellow, and I think it was reported as as a yellow, but. Did he ever leave the field? No. So Marco Onufe got the yellow for the deliberate knockdown, and that was uh, what took the. That's uh, what took the. Yeah, card. the that's what I off. told. Yeah, because Mike goes, "Oh, it's on the hit," and I was like, "No, it's on the deliberate uh, uh, knock." Yeah. He was up in the air and spiked that shit. Yeah. He knew it was yeah. going the other way. So they um, were lucky there. They could have been down to down to thirteen men, and that might have opened the game up a little bit. But all good fun. It's all. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right. So I was going to say now another hard question for you of the new Rooney of the jerseys that they have this year. Yes. The, the home away, the heritage and yep. the uh, neighborhood, which yep. is your favorite? We played in the heritage jersey at the weekend and I was a big fan of that one. I know it's kind of a bit cliche. Everyone loves the collared shirts and stuff, but I think just those colors work quite well yeah. uh, with the shorts and the socks as well. And they're now comfy to play in and, and they look quite cool. Um, you know, the home and away ones are, are pretty cool. We were kind of hoping we'd have some white socks to go with the white jerseys and, and that would probably complete that look. But, uh, yeah, the Heritage jersey for sure is is probably my favourite. We train in the na- we got the neighbourhood ones, more of our training jersey as well. So yeah, I like that. It's quite cool. And, um, 
yeah, the boys love it. And it's obviously a good homage to, to all the parts of the, the city that we play for. Are you partial yeah. to like the collar jersey? Do you like, do you prefer collar or do you not prefer collar? Helen uh, and do, they've got like five or six different versions of collars. So <clears throat> at Houston, one of my roles was sort of designing and organizing all the kit for, for training and games and stuff. So I got to do a bit of a deep dive with the Paladin guys into what worked and what looked good. And we had a sort of a heritage type retro jersey with Houston last year, which had the collar, which was quite cool. And probably that was the, the biggest hit amongst the boys. Um, it needs to be some form of collar. I don't like some of them kind of run quite tight with like a little bit of elastic around there, but I, I feel there needs to be a bit of a collar on a rugby. Yeah, no, definitely. I think you're right. Um, yeah, the Heritage Jersey big seller. I bought this one this year. I was told by my wife I could buy one kit, so that was my kit this year. Yeah, um, that's probably but, because uh, I think England wore those. England wore like those those mock neck in 03 mm-hmm. World Cup when they beat Australia. So that's probably yeah. why I don't. Those, uh, oh man that's so funny um so (laughs) so the next question so excluding new york and excluding houston yes if you're going to spend your own money on a kit this year which kit are you buying in the mlr um let me let me think about what's getting out there at the moment uh fun i kind of like the seattle away kit my wife's going to punch me for that one because she was like why are they wearing white but the seattle away kit that white one actually looks quite cool mm-hmm. um so that's not a bad one that's probably something i could invest in and then i think new england have about 15 different jerseys so there's probably one in England <laughs> I, could, uh, I, could, I could probably see myself wearing yeah you should check out when you have time dallas is coming out with their own heritage jersey and it's yeah. that green and the turquoise black, color no, yeah. no it's white it's uh, turquoise turquoise and white hoops with a yeah. with a white collar Okay. It actually looks pretty snazzy, uh, to sure. be quite honest. I saw it yesterday, and I'm like, huh, maybe I could sneak one by the old lady. Again. My rugby league team back home is the Sydney Roosters, and they're the tri-colors, the red yeah. and blue. So that's why New England might get the, might get the nod. I hear you. You know, it's, it's, We're going to have to fire you. You've been fired now <laughs> next week. Um, we, we don't talk about New England here. And just remember, if you, you could sign with anybody in the league, if you sign with New England, you are dead to us. That's fine. That's fine. No intentions at all. <laughs> Matt, like Matt working, he's out. He's out. <laughs> he lost his roosterhood. Um, no, I, I play around. Uh, we have a great relationship with those the New England fans, the New England players. Um, so, um, you know, good rivalry. Times this year as well. So there's going to yeah. be, you know, that's probably a natural rivalry for us, and oh. it's going to create some good, some good footage and some good games. And you know, they're three and zero, right? Or two and zero. They had a bye week. Two and zero. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're they're playing good rugby. Just yeah. like you know, it's great to see them and us playing good rugby. Yeah, Bode, um, Bode Waka's just gone strength oh. to strength at, at ten, and then good mate of mine, Paolo Bellacano, was with us at Houston. He was a great pickup for them. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely a team to watch in the East. You know, absolutely sure. Mike, yeah, you got so the you got the next one. I, I got the next one. I was going to say, you know, you're you know, like we mentioned before, you were stalwart at Houston. Now you've come into you know, to Rooney. You kind of mentioned it. How has you know the new experience been? Like as you know, coming in here and being you know, being a former play, a player for you know, and a main player at another team. Now you're you know, you come in, and you've gonna have to find yourself. So how has that been? How's the experience yeah. been? I don't you know, find it's it's always hard going to a new place, right? Going to a new team, and you've got you know, you know, a little bit of reputation or whatnot. Um, we made the decision to move up from Houston in in early October last year. Uh, my my sister in law lives a couple hours north of the city up. Uh, in a little town called Hillsdale, right on the Massachusetts border. Oh, yeah. Um, I know exactly. What, yeah. yeah. It's up by great, me. Great spot. Awesome spot. So we spent six weeks up there living with them. We, we had the dog. We got a husky, and she was just loving it. Loving it. it. Woods. 
<laughs> uh, and then came down to came down to Jersey City at the start of no start of December, right at the end of November. And there was sort of a three week block before Christmas with a lot of the local guys um, that might, you know, four days a week. So I got to kind of find my feet before the, the rest of the squad joined us just after Christmas. So that gave me an opportunity to to kind of get a feel for the place and get to know Marty Veal a bit better and, and Rick and and kind of get a vibe for, for what you know New York's about and, and how they do their business. And then obviously been playing against a lot of these guys for four years. So, you know, you'd call them acquaintances probably, but now they're all good mates and I really enjoyed it. And it's, you know, the, the, it wasn't a selling point for me to come here, but speaking with Rick and, and Marty, you know, they're, their goal for me was just to play rugby. I had too many off-field duties and responsibilities at Houston that probably took away from my on-field uh, performances. And, you know, I was always worried about something that I shouldn't have been because it was game day and all I needed to worry about what was going on between the white lines. So the emphasis they put on me just coming here and playing and enjoying the last few years of my career was, you know, it was awesome and refreshing and relieving and just, yeah, just a breath of fresh air to just to, to go back to doing what I do best and why I love playing footy and why I started playing rugby in the first place. And so far, so good. And we're having a great time. That's awesome. Yeah. I live in the woods. Mike lives in the woods. So we, we know how woods living goes. Um, yeah. Mike, yeah. Mike, Mike is up by Albany. I'm about an hour and a half away from Midtown uh, okay. without any traffic. Yeah. With traffic, forget about it. It becomes three or four hours. Yeah. But uh, so, but it's, it's one of those things that it's interesting because you came, you had your feet wet, you know, you were with family a little bit. You started mm-hmm. up with, with, with Rooney, you know, in December. And like you were saying, and then guys like Jason Emery came and jumped right in it. And he said that was actually probably better for him to just yeah. jump right into the rugby portion because yeah. he's like, I know my family settled, you know, he goes, the family was settled and jumping right into rugby to kind of, I didn't have time to think about, oh man, I'm in a new country and this and that and the other thing. So I just yeah. I find it interesting the juxtaposition between the two. Yeah, and, it's, and, and roll, you know, being at Houston all year round, I wasn't a fly-in, fly-out one of the players. We lived there full time, so accommodating the new guys coming in and making sure that they felt comfortable and they felt welcome and they had everything they needed and they knew where to go to get a phone, to get groceries, to get whatever it else might be. You know, that that's all taken care of here. And, and Rick and, and his fiance Nikki do a great job of making it a it a family. And you know. They almost prioritize the wives, girlfriends, you know, kids above the players because you know, without them, we're not going to be here. We're not going to be in a good place. And if they're not happy, then it's going to backfire on us. And then we're not performing and we're coming in, you know, underdone or you know, whatever it might be. So um, I haven't been in many places that have that down pat as well as they do here. And just that whole family environment is, is really good. And Becca's loving it. She's got a whole new whole new group of friends that she's loving hanging out with. They host watch parties and, and stuff like that. So. Um, that nice. you know, makes everything easier for the players as well, knowing that their wives and partners and kids are being looked after and they can focus on the footy. And, and that's one of the things we've seen at, at home matches. Um, Luke Hume's wife and his gorgeous little daughter running around uh, was probably one of the best things that we saw last season around Cochrane because she was flying. If Luke was down the field, his daughter was down the field. He awesome. was running back. She was running back. It was, it was great. I, love I that need to match. catch up with Hume. I haven't, I haven't caught up with him yet. Obviously played against him a few times and, he hasn't waiting for him to pop up at training actually and just kind of see if we were short any numbers and he wants to jump back out and have a run around. So. <laughs> one of my one of my favorite one of my favorite players, Luke Hume. One of my favorites. Um, real quick, let's talk about the upcoming match. Uh, we, you're gonna, you guys are playing a Dallas Jackals team that, in my opinion, the 0 and 3 record doesn't reflect how they've been playing the last two matches. You know, they lost mm-hmm. a close one to Houston. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the match before that, um, was San Diego legal. Yeah. Legion. Yeah. And they were up at halftime and then just yeah. kind of blew it in the second half. 
Yeah. So my question to you about the match is, you just played an emotionally tough match against ATL, you know, holding them off in the last five minutes. Um, are you coming into a letdown game against Dallas right now? No, no, no. Dallas, Dallas is going to win a game this year, without a doubt. They've got, they've got some good players. They're a new team. And we don't want it to be us. So, you know, it's a, it's a very, you know, it's, it's your typical banana skin game for everyone coming up against them between now and round, round 18, right? So mm-hmm. we've got, uh, you know, this is the last game of our three, three road games. So, you know, we've, we've got no excuses to really be clicking and, and putting in a big performance. So we're not underestimating them by any stretch. Um, they've got some dangerous players. They're still acquiring players. You know, Adrian Boyson arrived last week. Mm-hmm. He's an absolute powerhouse when he gets going. Adrian Kalese from from Atlanta is you know you can't give him an inch because he'll take you know 50 yards off you. So um, you know massive challenge for us to to put to you know put together a complete performance. You know Houston was a little tough in the wind, and then Atlanta you know we dropped off a couple of times in the second half and probably didn't execute as well as we should have. You know with some openings and and some easy probably tries. So um, you know big focus on us this week is just you know staying focused on on the on the task at hand getting a win and then uh, trying to get the momentum going into our first home game on the 6th of march awesome listen i I like to hear that you guys are cognizant of the fact that this could be a trap game for you because Mm. sometimes guys don't like to talk about it and then they kind of get surprised by it i do think dallas is going to come out and give you guys a little bit of punch in the mouth in the first 10 minutes so it depends on how you guys react to that first 10 minutes yeah i think we'll then be what the course of the next, the rest of the course of the game is in the next 70 minutes. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't like to focus too much on the weather, but wherever we're going, it's turning to crap. It's meant to be, I'm going to go Celsius at eight, double it at, it's going to be, you know, high thirties yeah. or something on, on Saturday <laughs> night down in Dallas. So, Well, uh, and you're leaving, if you guys are leaving on Friday, it's supposed to friggin' snow. So be careful on your travel plans. You know, yeah. those flights yeah. are going to get canceled real easy. So, you know, safe travels, be careful, get, get, you know, get your mind right, get your body right. And, you have you know thousands of supporters from New York, you know, watching the game on TRN. Um, that will be at the Pig and Roost, uh, the Pig and Rooster, who the Pig and Whistle again uh, this upcoming Saturday for the match. I believe uh, Blue Point's going to be there, from what I heard. Awesome. So, guys, yeah, come see the big guy down at uh, at the Pig and Whistle, or if you're up in the Albany area, the Excelsior Pub is where Mike has his uh, uh, Rooster Booster um, watch parties. So go check out Mike. Uh, try and get on camera as we try and figure out our pregame show again. We'll see if I get any any service in, in the pig and whistle this time. Um, but, Sam, thank you so much for taking time out. We really appreciate it. Um, the fans love that we get to talk to players and, you, and appreciate the fact that you guys are willing to come on and kind of bullshit with me and Mike, who really don't know anything about rugby. Let's be honest, Mike. We're, we're terrible. You guys know a lot about rugby. Yeah. Don't, don't discredit yourselves that much. We are we are more than happy to do things like this because we want we want to pack out JFK Stadium, mm-hmm. you know, for all eight home games, and it's a week away. So the boys have all got a little task to to get out amongst the community and convince some people to come along next Sunday. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you guys have been there, but it's actually quite a you know intimate little venue, which is going to create a massive atmosphere if we have that place uh, packed out. So. Tickets are on sale, single game, group tickets, season tickets. You know, we're blown away all, all the previous year's season ticket sales so far. So, um, you know, we're, we're building something really, really big here and something that we're really proud of. And hopefully we're going to play the kind of footy for fans to, to get behind and, and support us. So appreciate your guys' support as always and, and all the supporters. And, um, yeah, March 6th, come out, see us. And, and hopefully we're, we're 3-0 and and going to make it 4-0. Absolutely. I got my season yep. tickets. I think Mikey's coming down for that one. And Walker we'll Tice. Try and come down. Yeah. Walker Tice, better watch out because Sam Windsor's coming for his job selling tickets here. Uh, <laughs> guys, uh, 
uh, fans, thank you so much for watching. I'm the big guy, Scott Ferrar. That's Mike the Grand Poobah Pirazzini. Uh, for Sam Windsor and the rest of the Rooney guys, uh, thank you guys. And we'll see you on Saturday. We do our pre-match show about 30 minutes before kickoff. So uh, cool. we'll see you guys on Saturday. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Mike. Have a good night, guys.